The sun beat down on the plain of Acre. The heat was like a living thing. The battered walls, the loom of the siege engines, shimmered faintly like an echo of the sea. Some of the engines bore the burden of names in the tongue of the Franks. Bad neighbor, wicked cousin, God's own sling. They were silent now, their power gone still. Just after sunrise, the army of the Franks had marched out of the city. They spread now over the plain, as thick as flies on a carcass, but as silent and as eerily motionless as the engines that had broken the city. There was no wind to stir their banners. The horses stood with heads down, hip-shot, asleep. They stood in battle lines, in battle array, but made no move to charge against the army of Islam that held the hills. Al-Malik al-Aldil Saif al-Din, born Ahmad the Kurd, sipped sherbet in the shade of the sultan's canopy, high on a hill above the plain. The sherbet was somewhat sweeter than he liked it. The servants never could understand his taste for lemon barley, tamed by sugar. But it was snow cold. His brother's goblet languished forgotten, except by the servant with the fly whisk, who kept it clean until the sultan should remember it. Salah al-Din Yusuf was scowling at yet another book of accounts, though he refrained from venting his ire against the clerk who wielded it. Sire, the man said, it's all very well to be a saint of generosity, but the king of the Franks wants his ransom. Unless you raise a new tax or find a new benefactor, you can't both pay your troops and pay the king what he asks. Saladin, as the Franks called him in their slurred fashion, just as they called Ahmad, Safadin, was pulling at his beard as he only did when he was at wit's end. There's no help for it, then. I'll have to put him off. The clerk held his tongue. Ahmad should have been as wise as that, but he could not keep himself from saying, Malik Rick is not a patient man. He shall have to be. Yusuf snapped. This ransom, to which I never personally agreed, is extortionate. Three thousand men taken captive by the king of the Franks. They could be three thousand kings. I'd buy them back for less. Ahmad would have replied to that, but something, some shift in the air, sent his hackles to bristling. He laid down the half-emptied cup of sherbet and lifted his head. All that day he had been uneasy, but he had ascribed it to Yusuf's ill temper and the predicament in which he found himself. Foolish, that, and blind. This war ate at them all. It dulled Ahmad's senses, which should have been keener than this. Something was stirring within the walls of the city. An embassy, one could hope, come to demand the ransom on this day of reckoning. That had been prepared for. The sultan's messengers were waiting, his guards at the ready, prepared either to escort the envoys to their lords, or to beat off an attack. With a blaring of trumpets, the gates opened. A company of knights rode out. The man at their head was unmistakable. Scarlet surcoat embroidered with golden lions, golden horse prancing beneath him, golden crown on his great helm. One hardly needed the lion banner to recognize the king of the English, the terrible warrior, Malik Rick, Richard of Anjou, 
who was, rumor said, a devil's descendant.